show i'm carol this is jason and so we're back at you talking about growing up in the dmv mm-hmm. and so by dmv we mean dc maryland and virginia and by virginia we don't mean all of virginia or, <laughs> or all of maryland we mean the dc metropolitan <laughs> area yeah alabama's out howard county don't get included uh, sorry, St. Mary's doesn't get included. Calvert County, you're not included. But Charles County made it. <laughs> Barely. So for those of you all who don't know, we're both from the DMV. So Jason, where are you from? Oh, well, I was born in D.C., raised in Maryland, grew up in a lot of different places in Montgomery County. We moved around quite a bit, lots and of different places. So I couldn't tell you exactly where I'm from other than to say that I grew up in the area, basically. Yep, so he's from MoCo, also known as Montgomery County. And I am also from the area, the D.C. area, but I am from south of D.C. in Charles County. And so even though we're both in the D.C. metropolitan area, aka the DMV, we both have a different take on how it was growing up in the DMV. So for me, it was easy access to Southeast, Southwest DC. For Jason, it was Northeast, Northwest. And so let's just talk about how that maybe shaped us as individuals and also as a couple too. So Charles County is a rural county. It has like one major town, which is not even really major, which is Waldorf. And so Waldorf is part gentrified, part wannabe. How can you be gentrified if, <laughs> wait a minute, because that's not the definition of gentrification. It started out with a white population and then black people moved from southeast and southwest D.C. and from P.G. County to Charles County, i.e. Waldorf. So it's... So it's black gentrified? It's... Reverse gentrified? Is that what you're trying to say? That Waldorf, Charles County's reverse gentrified? Charles County is the product of white flight. So I guess it is a reverse gentrification. Well, I mean, that's kind of the story of the entire suburbs of the Washington metropolitan area, but I digress. Okay, so for me growing up as a somewhat preppy young girl in Waldorf, I, d- I had no idea that people in Montgomery County existed beyond like what I saw on the news. So like on the news, there was rarely any talk about crime or other kind of issues in Montgomery County. And so when I met Jason in college, he's obviously a black man. And so, me being ignorant, I didn't know I was ignorant at the time, but as I got older, I realized, hmm, that was kind of stupid to think that. So, based on the news, I only thought that there may be like five black families in Montgomery County, which 
It's clearly bogus, clearly makes no sense until I met Jason and then met others in college. So, how do you think that growing up north of D.C. like shaped you? Shoot, I mean, it's, it's definitely different than growing up down here, that's for sure, number one. And number two, I be wondering why we, you talk about what where I grew up and your experience as far as knowing what Montgomery County was when you're talking about where you grew up. So that just goes to show there ain't nothing going on down this joint. That's first and foremost. There ain't nothing going on. In, in Charles County, now, number one, there's nothing going on. And say that we actually live in, in Charles County now. So that was <sighs> never the long-term so. plan. That was never in the picture. But we moved down to Charles County, i.e. Waldorf. So if you've grew, if kids. you lived in, let's see, like the Los Angeles area, or you've lived in the Atlanta area, or you've lived in like a Chicago suburb or a New York, New Jersey suburb, then you understand, even Philadelphia suburbs to a lesser extent, you understand how Washington, D.C. is. So the locations that are closest to the city, i.e. like where I grew up, it's really an extension of the city. It might not be the city. It might be called the suburbs, but I grew up in the city. Like, I didn't grow up, like... In the middle of a subdevelopment, I grew up living in apartments, and we moved every two years. When I was in school, I had to catch the metro to to the station, then transfer, and then catch another bus to get to school every day. You got to take the school bus or walk. So I mean, there's a difference, and so that's that's part of it. Um, it kind of gives you a different level of sensibility because one thing about Montgomery County, it's very diverse. Yes. You do have tons of very affluent white people. You have tons of very affluent people of all different um, races. But then you also have whole project development. You have plenty of really, really bad neighborhoods like Northwest Park and places in Wheaton and downtown Silver Spring and Tacoma Park and Langley Park. There's lots of places like in Gaithersburg and Rockville, for example, where you'd be like, well, this is a really nice neighborhood. And then all of a sudden you realize, no, it's not. There's just a ton of townhouses there and they're all Section 8. And so one thing I learned growing up in Montgomery County is it's very, very diverse. And uh, secondarily, uh, you learn early on about the haves and the have-nots. That's one thing you learn very early on because... Of that diversity, there is a diversity of income levels as well. And so you could be going to school with somebody whose parents are millionaires and you guys don't have the next meal for the day. And that's kind of was a reality for us growing up, that's for sure. And then you have someone like me who was born in D.C., lived in D.C. until I was, I guess, what, three days old. It doesn't really count, but I was raised in Waldorf. And so when I went to college... I swore up and down I would never, ever, ever have any reason to move back down to Waldorf. My parents were down here, so it was my sister. I would visit visit y'all, but besides that, I would never, ever move back down in Charles County. But I'm here. So, Jason grew up. He had to ride the metro bus or the train to school. My high school was across from a farm. And so every morning, <laughs> obviously, I had, to, I had to ride a school bus or get a ride to school. But... There was no walk-in to high school for me. So my high school was across from a farm. And so I was looking at the cows, looking at the big old, maybe, 
I don't know, the old master's house. I don't know what kind of house this was, but my high school was in a very, very rural part of Charles County. And so for me, growing up in Waldorf, I didn't even realize that, that even in my own county that there is diversity and not so much as far as the way it is with the income in Montgomery County, like with the millionaires and then with, with, with people who are a bit more low income or totally low income. But in Charles County, you have areas that are in the western part, such as Marbury, Chickamauxin. I'm just trying to think of some of those areas that have no running water. You have families out there that have no heat, no power, no nothing. So they're living like they're decades behind. And yet me growing up, I had no clue that that even existed in my own county. Now we ain't talking about people that got their utilities shut off. We talking about people that don't even have utilities. Yeah, so they're living in shacks. They're taking someone's power from, an, from an, um, the neighboring school behind them. It's not a good situation. And so Charles County, sweeps under the rug and I'm sure that happens in most counties too but like me growing up I had no idea that was even here now at least Jason had enough sense to know that his county had diversity in terms of your income I knew nothing about that because I was I guess in my little bubble of my friends were pretty much all from a two-parent household who lived in Waldorf so that's all that I knew so now fast forward to us being parents of kids who now live and go to school in Charles County. Like, what's the biggest difference you think with the kids raising them in, in PG County, which is where we were from once we got married. We lived there for about 12, 11 years or so, various places, and now we're down here. So, like, what's the biggest thing you think is a challenge well, I mean, like, the, the biggest challenge is probably a challenge as it is raising kids in any location is that these kids nowadays don't give a you-know-what. <laughs> these kids nowadays is crazy. They, um, their influences are completely different than when we were growing up. Um, I think the challenges that raising kids out here are the same as raising kids everywhere. At least our kids don't drive yet. At least we're down here in Charles County where they don't have access to public transportation. Yeah, they cause you because we do have something called Van Gogh, which is like a miniature bus. You can get around Charles County, but you can't get nowhere on it. That's the point. <laughs> Is that I grew up riding the bus and the train all over the city, all over Montgomery County, all over PG County. I was rolling. These kids are stuck down here. Yeah, I mean, and that's a huge difference because our oldest is a teenager. She does not like living in Waldorf, and I don't blame her. I told her, you don't have to claim Charles County as your home. You live here, but you're not from here, so if you don't want to claim it, that's totally cool. I get it. Now, like, she actually wants to have the experience that her father had of having to ride the metro bus somewhere or the train just as, like, regular common day get around, opposed to having to always ask for a ride or having to just uh, say, well, I don't have a ride here, so I can't, can't go, can't make it. And so, like, what I've seen, like, growing up in Charles County, being away for 20 years and now I'm back is that the kids down here are what we, or what Jason calls, Charles County thugs. And so that's something as a parent that 
I was not expecting when we moved back down here. And I guess I was oblivious because I had no clue what was going on in my own home county because I was gone for 20 years. It was off my radar. So, like, do you think that's something that was going on before we had moved down here or this whole Waldorf wannabe thug that you live in a middle class home is, is all a front? I mean, I know that that type of stuff has been going on for generations because at some point in the late 80s, early 90s, pop culture taught us that um, to be a cool person as a black man, you had to be a thug. And so from that point on, uh, you know, pop culture, music and movies, uh, reinforcing that stereotype over the years, um, it's pretty much a prerequisite that wherever you uh, have young black men, they're going to act like gangsters, whether they have gangs or not. We could be down here in the suburbs. You could be in the middle of the hood. You could be in the country. You could be on the beach. Like, this is just unfortunately a aspect of young black men in America is that you we just have this phase I guess uh, because society and you know not just pop culture and stuff that I mentioned before but you know the people that you run into on a daily basis the people that you talk to at school the people that you deal with at work people you see in the streets is just reinforced and so that's why that happens um, has a lot less to do with Charles County in general, and just uh, kids uh, needing a much, a much larger sense of self, um, understanding who they actually really are, understanding their circumstances. Uh, myself and my friends talk about that quite a bit. That there's just a lot of these youngs that just don't understand their circumstances. I knew what my circumstances were growing up. That's why I'm not a gangbanger or nothing crazy like that. But then again, I you know. I'm not going to sit here and hack like I had a silver spoon because I didn't. And so I think that to a lesser extent, it's not a Charles County thing. And it's more endemic of what's wrong with young black culture in general, that black men aren't seen of value unless they can dribble a basketball or can move some weight. And so like that's really the issue, not necessarily uh kids acting like they're thugs when they grow up in six-bedroom mansions <laughs> and their parents both have $100,000 incomes. Like, that's just a lack of self-knowledge, a lack of understanding of who they are. Um, probably a lack of reinforcement from home as well as to who they are. But uh, more specifically, that's endemic of a larger piece of our culture that, um, you know, it might be time for another episode of you know what's wrong with black America but that's part of it is that that's part and parcel of it is that um, at some point in the 80s we were all convinced that we had to be hard we had to be thugs we had to be tough or we weren't masculine and so that's really really the systemic problem not necessarily the fact that these kids think that they're hard growing up in the suburbs that's just individual stupidity <laughs> natural selection will take care of them if you know what I mean they'll find a way to do something stupid and take care of themselves but um, uh, to your point um, I knew lots of kids in that same scenario I knew kids who grew up filthy rich and swear they're gangsters like really really went out of their way to be gangsters even though they grew up rich 
And then I knew kids who really grew up broke and went out of their way to only worry about school and do the right thing. So I think it's really a decision that someone makes um, with knowledge of self. They determine their own destiny. And I think that that's part of the problem is that we spend too much time worried about what people think instead of what we think. I mean, you had a good point you know, that it could be a phase because, because <coughs> excuse me, I hadn't thought about it as a phase. I thought about it as people were just trying to prove something to somebody because obviously I'm not a man and so I don't know how young boys and how grown men think but you made some good points about like trying to prove to somebody that oh yeah I can be like this doing it probably inside you know you're punk and so that actually makes me think back to, to where we first lived once we had moved to PG County on um, so Addison Road and so then we look back to that journey of Addison Road to then move into Camp Spring slash Temple Hills, and then moving down here. I mean, sometimes I think that the kids growing up here in this area that we live in could never survive living in Walker Mill or Pickwick or or anywhere over there. So, like, do you think that it's all a front then? Well, I think that. Um in particular, kids are just going to adapt to their own circumstances. I mean, most people are just going to adapt to the circumstances around them. And so there are people that live down here that are in less than desirable situations, and they may have to resort to different things outside of the norm to make ends meet. So I get that. I just don't. I, I, I agree with what you're saying that I do understand that there is just a generation of kids down here that don't need to go that route, but then just decide to go that route because that's what's popular. A lot of that stems, especially from men's perspective, a lot of that stems from how the women that they deal with or the young ladies that they deal with respond to them. A lot of that, again, has to deal with TV and social media and everything that prompts them to feel as though that they're less than a man if they don't act like that. And so, I, I, I mean, I don't know that necessarily, I don't know that necessarily people are, you know, trying to act out as much as it's just part of what our culture is. And it's just much more identifiable because we're dealing with people who don't need to have done that based on their circumstances. So then it sounds like it's a bad boy phase like would you say it's that like when you're in high school or middle school well i don't know there's as much as a phase as much as it's something that we're all raised in and we have to figure our way out of so i guess to that perspective it's a phase but i don't know that it's as much of a phase as much as it's an indictment it's um it's what we are told we are and so you either embrace it or you don't and so I, I don't know that it's as much of a phase. It's kind of hard to explain to someone, you know, I mean, obviously you wouldn't have spent any time as a man, so it would be hard to explain other than, I mean, it kind of is a phase, but then to a certain extent, it's also kind of ingrained into your psyche that this is who you are. And so, you know, you know, it, 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 I guess, I guess to, a, to a certain extent, yes, uh, that, that would be, probably the most accurate way to describe it is that it, yes that whole behavioral pattern is a phase that uh, people from 
higher income areas and better um, circumstances act as though they are without or act as though that they are in less than circumstances, I guess, to make themselves seem tougher. Uh, why would guys go out of their way to make themselves seem tougher? I don't know. Um, well, for various you, reasons. You got, you got teen girls like me when I was that age and not really middle school, but definitely in high school with the whole, I want someone who is the opposite of me. So if it's someone who is the quote unquote bad boy or the wannabe thug, that at least to do a, a, a subset of young teen girls may actually appeal to them because it's the anti of what their parents want for them. But I will say it's only a phase. But let's actually talk a little bit about some of the stereotypes that the DMV gets. And so, like, you're from you're from the north of, of DC, so like, so you were surrounded by northeast and northwest, and I'm from south of DC with the county in between. And so, I had southeast, southwest, and so like for me growing up, always heard on the news that southeast is such a bad place and so scary. You don't want to be there. And so it wasn't until I was maybe 9 or 10 that I had a wake-up call with who I'll call my triple S. And so you know who you are, triple S, when my dad and and I were visiting their family. And so I was forced to take a walk. And I don't know what time of night it was, but it was dark. And we were, and we were walking to 7-Eleven. And so like that showed me that okay southeast has this reputation of being the scary place but it's not all like that and so like once someone actually gets out of their bubble for me it was charles county you can actually see that there's so much more to offer in the dmv than just what you're used to and so i'll save my stereotype come from stereotype i guess discussion for another time because i could go on with that but like do you think like living near northeast and northwest dc that there are certain stereotypes that were portrayed on the news that weren't really true well um to a certain extent yes um but then also being as though that i was exposed to a lot more of the stuff firsthand that didn't make the news uh i knew what was going on anyway so I guess I learned at an early age around 12, 11, 12, 13 years old to not trust the news because I saw what my uncles were up to. I saw what neighborhood kids were up to. I saw what my father was up to. And, you know, I knew the associates of the associates and this, that and the third. And I knew that stuff was going on. So, like, for example, when you grew up around Georgia Avenue, for example, Georgia Avenue and Northwest, if you grew up around that area, like, you know that all of these streets up and down either side aren't necessarily great neighborhoods. But, you know, if you're paying only paying attention to what the news tells you in the 80s, oh, all the crimes in Southeast D.C., oh, no, Southeast, Southeast, Southeast. But they're, the neighborhoods in Northeast D.C. are worse. And you like, have, they're yeah. much worse. And so, like, that's the type of thing that... Uh, I think that, you know, when you've grown up in an area and you've lived there your entire life and you see how the news portrays things and, and newspapers portray things and then you see it become, you know, 
you see it become the societal what what everybody has accepted as the truth and it's far from the truth. Um, I mean, that was the stereotype that, you know, Southeast was gangster and Uptown, they were kind of like the pretty boys and stuff like that. But, yo, like, venture off of 14th Street in the late 90s. I never even you know, heard of 14th Street. So, like, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, venture, venture off of 14th Street in the late 90s or venture off of Georgia Avenue in the 90s or, you know, Ride Florida Avenue all the way out, or ride New York Avenue all the way out to Northeast, or get on 8th Street in the 90s. Like, all of these places now have been completely gentrified and turned into uh, condominiums for white folks. But back then, that, those were the worst neighborhoods in the city. And so I think that that sort of thing, that's another discussion for another episode of how the local news and the media just in general will try to steer a narrative to tell a story to make certain people believe what people want them to believe whatever that agenda may be and i think that in the 80s and in the 90s in particular the whole agenda that southeast dc was evil oh my gosh southeast dc is such a scary place which oh my for gosh. the record it's not a scary place i learned at age 10 that okay if I can handle walking down the street with a friend of mine the same age and we're not getting shot at, that obviously the news is lying. Yeah, Southeast is so scary. Oh, no. Like, if that's what the news has convinced you, then that's what shapes people's opinions and then it shapes your real estate pricing and it shapes lots of different things. So um, that's where I always tend to uh, lean towards experience. Once you've experienced something you have a much better idea of what's actually going on. Those are all good points, baby. And so you actually helped me to just see by just just knowing you that there is so much more to the DMV, like the north part, that I had no idea because I didn't Everybody know. Everybody thinks Montgomery County is all like big townhouses and big houses and farmland and trees and suburbs man the first time i ever seen anybody get shot was in montgomery county like straight up like let's be i'm just gonna say it like that like it, people will say what they think because they base what they think on their personal experience and anecdotal experience and the anecdotal experience is generally told by certain people who have certain agendas. So if you're only going to listen to the story that's told by the news instead of actually really finding out what's going on, then you'll never really know the real story. Okay. So one of the biggest takeaways that that we've been able to use as a couple and then as parents is just exposing our children to all kinds of areas of the DMV. And so whether it's the southern part, whether it's the northern part of DC, whether it's actually parts of Virginia, that there's just so much that maybe some of the people that, that they go to school with either don't know about, they watch the news or hear it on the radio or whatever, that they may have these, these visions that, oh, certain parts of the DMV are not what they really are and so as parents it's our job of course to expose our kids to more than what they may be accustomed to i think a good word today is difference and so for me difference would be just different 
difference in perspective based on where you live and how it shapes you? I mean, um, I would say that difference doesn't necessarily make it wrong. Um, I feel as though differences should be celebrated. Individuality should be celebrated. Um, You know, I don't think, I don't find anything wrong with difference. I agree. And so there you have it. Another episode of The Linguistic Show (laughs) with Jason and Carol. So we'll catch you next time. This has been an Ashangali Enterprises production. Co-produced by Naomi. Music by Brassville.